and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I am here today with none other than fan favorite Ian Dixon. And <laughs> that was a good quick save, that wasn't was it? That was a brave, yeah. <laughs> I've got, and, uh, and of course, a keg of Oberon that I purchased. A little mini personal keg. They had them at Steve's, and I'm like, they must have these for one day, one week out of the year. Mm-hmm. And I was fuck it i'm gonna carry it home in 96 degree heat (laughs) and uh i'm gonna enjoy it as long as i want which happens to be about a day (laughs) apparently uh one day and that's all you get because when you open these things like apparently it's basically like opening a can of beer Mm -hmm. um it all just goes flat within hours it's a it's a party thing, and I should have known, but mm-hmm. I got it for myself. Yeah. I ended up drinking a bunch of it, like most of it, and texting everybody um, the Grand Torino song by, by Jamie Callum from that Clint Eastwood movie, mm-hmm. because damn, does that hit me in the feels. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what happened with that, and I decided to fill up this little glass during the introduction and uh, how how much room did you would you say is on top of that before I managed you to shut it off? You filled it. That's right. <laughs> That's some pro move right there. You know, it's easy when there's no carbonation left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just don't spill it. Filled it, but don't spilled it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you got today? It looks like you brought. I've something got a uh, dogfish head uh, sea quench ale. Sea quench ale. Yeah. Tell me about that. That is a sour. It's got like lime and uh, black salt in it. It's like really refreshing. Good, good summer beer. Good okay. for ninety degree heat. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we've been dealing with lately. Uh, this scorching ninety degree heat that's kind of made us all stop in our tracks. Mm-hmm. When I went to go feed your cats, you went to Chicago recently. I went to go feed your cats. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a cold shower. For 10 minutes yeah like freezing cold shower beforehand mm. and then i put on some fresh stuff and when i got to your place i was just drenched in sweat <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it was a remarkable feeling um so you went to chicago yeah yeah um you ventured forth you left hamtramck mm-hmm. and uh you ended up in the land of plenty known as chicago yeah you know you saw some shit you drove there yourself mm-hmm. apparently there are some burnt corpses on the side of the road that you that you've just passed by blithely yeah this is after all america they slowed us down for like 10 minutes on the way there it was pretty I shook a fist at those corpses i was like uh you sons of bitches seriously like <laughs> like this is our country <laughs> This is not a country for burnt corpses. <laughs> this is a country for Americans. This is a country of the free. If you're a burnt corpse on the side of the road, <laughs> fuck you. That's what. Go suck a cock, you burnt corpse. <laughs> Slowing down Ian Dixon on his way to Chicago so he could see some drag racing shit. That's American shit right there. That's right. That's right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So that, that is what she did, though. What like what was it? It's not a drag race. It's a drag queen. It was a drag show. Drag yeah. show. Um, what does a drag show consist of? I've I've only seen a very like campy one. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's a lot of uh, lip syncing and like theatrics, uh, kind of almost a variety show, but there was like two people performing. So not really a variety show, but like a variety of things, you know? I wonder it like, what it's like for two people to perform a variety of things, but not really a variety yeah. of things because they're kind of like people. this show. <laughs> it's like semi-comedic, but not really that funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's comedic if like you if you don't want to be really engaged with the material. Yeah. It's something to put on, take your pants off, and like drift away in the shower too. And then there was just a lot of like audio clips from like old flicks kind of like we do with our soundboard oh yeah yeah we do have a bunch of sort of working that into the story of the the show so it was was really a lot like scott cast wow (laughs) we just put on dresses and and uh makeup then it'd be yeah put on dresses i bet we would get a huge following if we just did the dresses and makeup but you know yeah I'm, i'm just trying to keep it real I think the fact I have Ben Affleck on my t-shirt right now yeah. is enough. <laughs> like, come on. It's, I'm visual candy by myself. You don't need to see me bending gender rules mm-hmm. to, to do that. You know? Yeah. I'm, a man of, I'm a man of complete unique light. I'm like a shining star that appears on the horizon two days before the earth explodes. <laughs> I'm a beacon of death and hellfire. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but no, yeah, I, I mean, they, they clearly know what they're doing more than us. For instance, you, For sure. they, you went to Chicago, they you packed money. the venue. <laughs> this is a normal versus us performing for free. And we yeah. had like 10 people. <laughs> yeah. And this is a Wednesday Half night. of them we brought. <laughs> Half of them, like <laughs> one of them was married to us. <laughs> one of them legally had to be there. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so obviously, obviously, uh, there's a difference to the formula that maybe we could uh, pay attention to, you know. This is a serious investigation. But um, <laughs> until then, we're going to keep doing what we do. We're not doing the video tonight. Mm-hmm. It's too hot for video. Yep. Like for some reason, when that camera's on, uh, the temperature increases 10 degrees, at least in our bodies, right? Because yep. I don't usually use... Uh, external lights if i can get away with it because we got such beautiful large windows up to the south here yeah but we're not doing video today uh maybe next week we'll go back on twitch you know um i kind of want master charles to catch up on the stream (laughs) (laughs) like he was sending in some email bags earlier Mm -hmm. um and he clearly hasn't been uh keeping up he doesn't i don't even think he knows we're on twitch yet yeah you know pause until we get a reaction from him out of spite yeah <laughs> that's what happens master charles when you don't keep up got a real big boy job now he does uh ux ui design and he says he's making the dough nice he's making that fucking money he's out there living the dream <laughs> <laughs> he goes to work he clocks in he jerks off for four hours and then he comes back home and motherfucker that is america <laughs> Um, I don't know. I bet he actually works. I don't know. I don't know. He said he, I, I talked to him before he actually started his job. So who knows what his demands are? Yeah. Um, you went to Chicago. What else did you do? Uh, ate a lot of food. Uh, we went to a cat cade, cat arcade, a cat arcade. It's like a cat cafe. 
but it's an arcade. Uh, so they've got a, like a N64 setup and they've got a couple like, uh, arcade, like the big fucking, you know, mm-hmm. classic games. Uh, how many cats were in the building? We mostly just hung out with cats. <laughs> okay. There was like a litter of kittens that were all just passed out on this couch. And that's like, that was the place to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was older cats kind of roaming around and napping. Most cats were napping. It was like four o'clock when we went four to five. So, uh, it was nap time and that was fine. Uh, we got a couple of little kittens to play around for a bit, but then they just like collapsed into a pile of kittens. It was nice. Uh, did you try to pick up the pile all at once? That one of the rules was you don't pick them up. You don't force them like to be on you. Uh huh. But if okay. they come on you, then that's, you know, that's fine. Yeah. That's my dating life too. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, hung out, hung out with a lot of cats. Okay. I wonder what the zoning requirements for, like, basically being a cat lady open for business is, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. They have 20 cats in a place. I mean, because, like, at, a, at the Humane Society, right, they keep them in a room separate. You go there, and they're like, oh, do you want to adopt a cat? Which one would you like to see? Mm-hmm. We're gonna it was kind of like that, but it was, like, all the cats. Yeah. Because there was, like, a big binder of like these are the ones you can adopt and there was a a three-legged cat that was my favorite one Mm -hmm. just hobbling around you just love that pity case i do yes Uh, that's why you're here (laughs) (laughs) would you would you adopt a three-legged cat like yeah i think why did you adopt that one then um because it was in chicago and we already have or, you so you know, wouldn't adopt a three-legged cat? I mean, I would if, if I was in need of a cat. Uh-huh. Okay. But we've got the two cats already, and we've got the porch cat that's like basically our cat. We're trying to get that inside. You are you're not going to do it. <laughs> you think it's your cat, but that cat belongs to the city. <laughs> yeah. That cat's like that beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous lady who, who comes into your life and whisks you away and makes you dream of big dreams and things. And then, of course, the next day, she's just off with another person. No, she does not belong to you. She belongs to the city. Yeah. Like Bruno Mars in that one song, Smoking Out the Window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that cat. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see her, I'm like, look at you, you beautiful goddamn... <sighs> <laughs> You know, and also, that's America. Mm-hmm. If you're a beautiful goddamn bitch hanging out outside, doing your thing, mm-hmm. seducing the men, making them fall head over heels, you know what? That's your right. Yeah. That's that's the magic that America brings. Good on you, outside cat. Good on you, outside cat, flirting and seducing <laughs> all the homeowners within a five-mile radius. Goddamn. And when they open their doors, what do you do? You stand outside and you shake your head no. Because you're a beautiful bitch. And you're free to the world. <laughs> God damn it, cat. I love you. <laughs> you American cat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can never tell when I download a sound and I'm going mm-hmm. to love it too much. <laughs> I can already tell my country tis of thee I will love too much. <laughs> yeah. We've already got like four minutes of it on a 12-minute podcast. So, yeah. but uh, Okay, so you stayed overnight. Uh, you went to a cat cafe. You mm-hmm. went to a drag show. Did you go to the Cronenberg Cafe? We did. Oh, okay. How'd that go? How were they preparing for the transition into the body horror film genre? 
Um, or the new one. I mean, Vigo. they had like uh, a lot of sort of like vintage uh, memorabilia, I would say, like posters. I sent you, uh, I think it was an Indonesian poster for Lawnmower Man like, was up there. How the hell did that get international distribution? I want I don't even know where they pulled that image from because I don't remember... Oh, like no, the, it wasn't there. Yeah. No, that wasn't an image in it. <laughs> I, and, like, at the very end, because, like, image was, like, a digital kind of, like, he's in the metaverse. He's, it's all it looked like he was, like, making out with a lady, maybe. Oh, he's making out with a lady. Yeah. You know, he's, like, the, it's, like, the lady digital version of that cat. And, <laughs> and the one thing that was obviously wrong about this poster that was poor advertising was they did not include... The overalls. Yeah. You know? How do you know what the story is if you don't know he comes from overalls and ends up being like a digital <laughs> Mac? <laughs> that was a fun one. Yeah. That was a fun one. Um, yeah, so they had the, the, the posters. They had like some old kind of uh, toys on display like behind glass. Um, you know how in Candyman there's like the that mural with the mouth open and you like crawl through and you're in the like other apartment. Oh yeah, yeah. They had that like going into the bathroom area. Oh wow! <laughs> if you weren't already anxious enough <laughs> about being in public, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, at, at least that should put your anxiety into a certain uh, frame of reference, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're the kind of guy who's like, uh, I don't want to pee in public. You know, I need a, I need two stalls away. I'm sick of this one stall rule. Mm-hmm. You know, I need two stalls. Um, you know, that could be bad enough, but entering into a hellscape, you know, mm-hmm. entering into the, the, the candy man's layer through his mouth, mm-hmm. no less. And then you have to pee in his mouth. He's not going to be happy. <laughs> so that's, those are the, those are the, those are the top hits that you told me you were going to see. Are you mm-hmm. a man who sticks to his plan or did you veer off course at some point? Did you see anything else? Um, we did some other stuff. Uh, what else did we do? did a little bit of thrifting um there was we stayed in in the gaberhood the gaberhood yeah you stayed uh, within the gaberhood there's a gaberhood yes okay uh, boys town which is like very like gay friendly lots of uh pride flags all over the place there was like a um thrift store there i can't remember what it's called right now did you uh did you uh, get hit on at any point no oh i'm sorry man <laughs> That's like one of the best kind of flirtations that mm-hmm. could be is like a gay guy hitting on you, mm-hmm. you know, not because you want it, but because it's like a totally platonic, like, yeah, I am sexy, aren't I? You <laughs> right. know, and you, there's no, no like pressure. Straight, there. There's no pressure at yeah. all to perform after that. It's just like, that's the end of the interaction. Mm-hmm. No one's feelings are hurt. Just biology talking. Right. But fuck, you look good. <laughs> <laughs> Love a gay, love a gay hit on. Yeah. Uh, so you stayed in the neighborhood. You went to a gay bakery. You mm-hmm. went to a gay um, cobbler. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what other kind of gay businesses are there? Um, there was a gay real estate agent. It was actually like a. <laughs> uh, I want to use the right terminology. I don't know if it was a, a trans real estate person or a drag real estate person but okay uh well like was it like really flamboyant and and like we kind of drove past it and like it was pointed out 
and I didn't really <laughs> well, get a chance. On, like the neighborhood tour bus. Uh, well, we were with like her friend who's actually like in Chicago. You know. Oh, okay. She's a neighborhood regular. Yeah. Okay. So she was so pointing the out like these are good places to go, and like oh, that's interesting to note. You know, if you need real estate, yeah. this is this is the guy in the neighborhood to talk to, and she didn't specify mm-hmm. how you would refer to this man or person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, we were, it was a brief time, so we didn't really get to check everything out, but that's true. You should have, you should have stayed longer. I mean, you've got plenty of break, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm sure in the neighborhood you could find some sort of like a hostel, mm-hmm. hostel to stay in. I kind of want to do that. I want to go to like a hostel in New York city, Yeah, pay 15 bucks a night and just wander the streets. <laughs> they say it's a city that doesn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I want to put that to the test. Yeah, I'm going to sleep and wake up at 3 a.m. and then I'm going to go out and see what happens. Yeah, there was a uh, a barcade right. Down Why the does everything from... have to be like I'm this and also an arcade? Yeah, well, it was like right a block away from where we were staying, but we didn't get a chance to check that out because we got home late from the drag show and we were an hour behind, so it was really like. You know, you guys should have rallied. Yeah, rally. We're like old folk, man. I need to. I need to be there just to beat you up, man. Rally. I'm in bed at like eleven most of the time. Oh, it was like one in the morning, which was really like two in the morning. It's like, oh man, (laughs) too old for this. Oh no, you need to. You need to stay up till dawn, like Mm -hmm. I do. You know, thinking about life. Yeah. Wondering what the fuck I did with it. <laughs> that's the best, you know. So that's that's pretty swell. That's a pretty good one. Did you? Uh, how was the drive? Did you have air conditioning? Because it was a hundred yes. degrees during that day. Did have air conditioning. Okay, I don't have air conditioning in my car, so when I drive that thing, it's just like yeah, that's give me that ninety six degree breeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, opening the door like during stops was like opening an oven you know just that hot air hits you right in the face and it's it's not good right you don't need that you don't need hot air hitting your face yeah what is this american politics (laughs) (laughs) so that sounds like a good trip to chicago i went to chicago and last time i went must have been eight years ago now seven eight years ago Mm. wow getting old i didn't even think about that but like yeah that's no i was in chicago with sabelle too so that was like three years ago never mind <laughs> fuck what i just said <laughs> that's still quite a time ago it's quite it was pre-pandy yeah pre-pandy i went to chicago did they have like a mask over the bean are they still uh, uh we didn't go to the bean you didn't bean no you know it's all right you don't have to bean you're, you're you're going you're going back to the hotel room. You're you're playing with the bean. <laughs> you don't need to go see a bean. That's right. That's right. So what else is there in Chicago? They have the river. They have they have baseball. They have mm-hmm. like popcorn. Did you see Oprah? No. You should look for Oprah. Mm-hmm. Like if I saw Oprah on the street, I think that would be the greatest celebrity I could see. The greatest celebrity spot. Right? Because mm-hmm. first off, Oprah, there's no way she's walking in public without, like, you know, clearing the area. I heard there's this person who, like, had a job bartending in, in the middle of Detroit. 
and some famous person was coming to town mm-hmm. and they wanted to eat a meal at a restaurant mm-hmm. and they were bartending there. Uh, what happened was like people came into the restaurant and they were like, we need this restaurant cleared for two hours and we need this street cleared for two hours and we're going to have cops on either end blocking the traffic and so that no one comes in and then we're going to have this guy come in, this celebrity, and they're going to eat. And, you know, they're like, what? Okay, well, here's the money. Oh, okay. Uh, it turned out it was Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they block off. When they're, when they're of a mega famous capacity, they have, to, they have to pay to block off the whole block just yeah. to, you know, eat in peace, eat and talk about, you know, farting and stuff like we all do. Right. You know, like an American does. <laughs> like when an American eats, they talk about their whole feelings and every feeling. Whether it be flatulence, whether it be anger, whether it be spider happiness or joy. In America, when we eat, we must let ourselves go. And our icons, our celebrities, our gods that we worship, like Taylor Swift and Oprah, (laughs) they must sacrifice their time. They must sacrifice their anonymities to entertain us. And we, we as a people, must admire that. And we must give them an entire block to eat dinner. Yeah, because that's American, and that's the American way. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get increasingly like weird. <laughs> um. So while you were in Chicago, I I was doing some stuff myself. Yeah. I I stepped out, and I and I took a little risk. Okay. Um, on June sixteenth. Uh, is a little day literature snobs know know as Bloomsday. Mm-hmm. You know what Bloomsday is? No, tell me all about it. Okay. Well, on uh, one of the most famous books in English literature, Ulysses by James Joyce, mm-hmm. uh, it takes place over a single day, and that day happens to be June sixteenth, the day he met Nora Barnacle, his wife, who jerked him off. Nice. This is history. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not just saying she jerked him off eventually. She jerked him off on that day. (laughs) And what is more American than being an Irishman a hundred years ago, getting jerked off by your future wife on the first day you go out? (laughs) That's a sacrament. (laughs) That's true love, speaking its its name proudly and clearly. Mm -hmm. And when James Joyce left Ireland to write Ulysses and he sacrificed his entire artistic career to create this one monumental novel, he was doing the thing that every American loves, expressing himself. No matter what it was he was expressing, he was gonna express it all, and he was gonna shove it all in a book. And you know who's going to read it? You know who? Not many people. (laughs) But they will buy the damn book, because God damn it, he's gonna make money. And that's the American way. Anyways, he's Irish. Not reading books. That's the American way. <laughs> I like Ulysses. I like mm-hmm. I like uh, James Joyce. I will admit, everyone admitted at some point in the night, we all got a few Guinnesses in us, yeah. that like to read the whole of Ulysses is a monumental task. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you really dedicate yourself to it over months... And and you're studying, and you're and you're like taking it in. You could conceivably go from the beginning to the end of the pages and say, in some way, you read them sequentially. Yeah. But uh, 
the beautiful thing about this book, and I truly believe, I'm not going to put American music behind it, uh, is that it's somewhat of a huge accomplishment in that, like, I, I the way I feel about it, James Joyce, uh, he was always fighting against nationalism, religion, and, and like, the constraints of, like, family ties and stuff like that. Um, and he wanted to make a book that represented everything in life. Mm-hmm. What else, what other book parts do that, but like the Bible? So basically he was making this modernistic uh, version of the Bible where everything in life is in this one tome and like you can really dive into it and know it. So like I've always taken the path of uh, thinking of Ulysses as like a kind of book that you live with mm-hmm. and you never finish. Yeah. Just, just like if you're doing like a religious study, you know, and it's like, of course, does he have any true wisdom? No, he says every single sentence in this book uh, is not serious at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like an antithesis, and it's like uh, the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Bloomsday, I was asked to read by John Freeman uh, to read Telemachus, which is like the first chapter, the first few pages. And let me tell you, I went up there, I had a half a pint in me, mm-hmm. and I fucking nailed it. I did great. There was never a better reading of that damn chapter <laughs> than what I gave that day. I made that text come alive, motherfucker. I made that text sing. I made that text sing like the, the west and east coast of the United States of America. It married between two coasts and a and a farm. Anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, no, I did. I, I, everyone was really nice afterwards. They okay. were like, you, you, you really, you really intoned into it, and and uh, I was really appreciative. It was, I was, I was very happy about it. And um, uh, a big thing I got out of it was uh, afterwards. I was a few Guinnesses in. Mm-hmm. And it was me and John Freeman and a man named Jason Storms, uh, who was uh, at left at the bar, and I got them into my cadre of literati, yeah, which is people who are going to be reviewing my novel as I go. You know, okay, big win, yeah, big win. A novel's got to be created amongst people, mm-hmm. and uh, among in this cadre, I got Emily. Um, and I also have a, a man named Dan Wicked who listens to Scottcast. He tells me about it. He's trying. He's waiting for us to do a Scottcast ad that he feels okay going to. <laughs> Apparently, he does not want to type in to his browser the scottcast.com forward slash I have a horse cock. Mm. He, he, Why not? Skid it. I'm like, don't you have a horse cock, Dan? That's what I <laughs> We were in a coffee shop. Dan, you clearly have a horse cock. (laughs) (laughs) This product is for you. Why don't you type it in? So we got to come up with like a product today Mm -hmm. that that he can type in and he can get some money off. We can get some money off him, you know, without him giving us money. Right. You know, whatever he might buy on Amazon, which is not books. He buys local. Mm -hmm. But like a torque wrench. Do you need a torque wrench, Dan? Wicket? we'll get you a torque wrench. We'll put it at the link, www.thescottcast.com forward slash I have a torque wrench. <laughs> I don't know. We'll try to figure it out. But 
but yeah, I'm kind of flying high. Okay, good. You, you know, these past two weeks without Scott Cast have been an emotional uh, barrage on me. Because mm-hmm. I find that when I don't do a Scott Cast in a week, some sort of buildup in all the other areas of my life occurs. Like all of a sudden I'm insecure mm-hmm. and I'm like doubting everything I'm doing. And, you know, people notice this. They're just like, Scott, why are you so insecure? And then they check the Scott Cast feed and they're like, Scott, motherfucker, you need to pod. <laughs> you need to pod. And that's what I'm doing now. And mm-hmm. I, I, I can feel the balance coming Okay. On my face. Just balance. Big old load coming right on you. Yeah. The big old load from the entity known as balance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. See, look at Kyle. He already looks like a thousand times more relaxed than than he's been ever. And that's because pets they have this psychic bond with their see, look at this. Mm -hmm. They have a psychic bond with their uh, you know, people who feed them. Yeah. And and he's like, yes, Scott, this is right. You should be doing this. You should be potting. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I think we've definitely got some... Uh, there are aspects of the pod that seem to be, like, universally beloved and uh, imitated. Oh, right. We do have imitators. Mm-hmm. Assholes. Actually, uh, on on the drive back from Chicago, we saw a uh, billboard in the city there. Uh, for the the Tim Timcast, dicks really Timcast? Do you think it's Tim a Cast. Tim and Drew show? I don't know. I don't believe so. <laughs> oh, if but they're doing, if it's they're called Timcast. Timcast. That's all I know about it. And he he paid for a billboard. <laughs> wow, I should pay for a billboard. That's, that's what I was thinking. I should pay for a billboard like right next to Timcast, <laughs> like like just down the street. Scottcast better than Timcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because it's not, we're not wrong. Yeah. This is one of the most highest quality podcast productions you'll, you'll have, you know. what What's good about a podcast? Let's let's explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are into this kind of hole with podcasts where, like, they need it to be Joe Rogan and this high energy five hour conversation that's also politically charged. Right. And, like, expresses your, your anti-establishmentarianism mm-hmm. and other long words, you know, and also gives you a reason to do shrooms. You know, <laughs> you know, people people expect so much out of podcasts. Either that, or they go for like the NPR type podcast, which is like we took seventy hours to produce this audio, and we're all gonna whisper the story into the microphone, and you're gonna hear so much of the all the, you know, the wet and sounds, everybody's fucking voice. <laughs> One of the two of the spectrum, and mm-hmm. like. Scottcast, we know what a podcast is for. Mm-hmm. A podcast is for vibing out too. Yeah, you know we're not, we're not. You, you don't pay attention to us. Not hard. But when you when you hear this music though, like listen, listen because that's that's your duty as a as a Scott Castigator. Scott Cast the beautiful. You pay attention to the things that matter, and that's us. Sometimes. <laughs> So, we've got imitators, and uh, I don't think anyone does it better than we do. Yeah. Honestly. You know? Uh, every time people uh, discover Scottcast again, they're like, what is this? And, like, my favorite comment that we do get consistently is, oh, my God, I didn't think it would be good. 
Nice. And that's, that is the best compliment. Because if they give you a different compliment, they're just giving you the compliment they think you want. Hmm. But if, the, if, the, if their big compliment is, you looked like shit. <laughs> the whole premise of this is shit. Everything selling you is shit. But goddamn, when we listened, eh. Had a good time. It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> it did the job. And uh, that's always my favorite thing. Um, we got that kind of compliment with Marshall and Hank uh, when we when we released that. Uh, some guy, uh, this is my, I guess this is my favorite story of someone recommending Scottcast. They listened to Marshall and Hank. They liked it, and they tried to get someone else to listen to it as well. Mm-hmm. And that person was like, look, I'm being honest with you. I'm not going to hurt your feelings. You're just a fan, but that sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad. Um but then somehow they got to listening to it. They were convinced, and they were like, "You were right. That thing, that thing, fucking pops." Yeah, that's that's the kind of one-two punch Scott Cast specializes in. We lower your expectations, and then we kick your expectations in the fucking nuts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting on them nuts. We're smashing them nuts into a little nut cream, motherfucker. You're going to have nut cream and jelly for a sandwich for two weeks after we kick you in the nuts with how low we set your expectations before we can smash them. (laughs) Motherfucker, you suck my cock. This podcast is so goddamn good. Go to www.thescottcast.com forward slash suck my cock. This podcast is so fucking good. (laughs) And we'll send you to a random ass Amazon product. We don't even know what it is yet. But know what? Good. It's probably nut butter. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, you know, that way you don't have to get kicked in the nuts so much <laughs> to have a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so that's been our week. Space News. There is an alien signal coming from a planet far away, very Earth-like, they say, mm. uh, is confirmed by both the Chinese and the United States. And you know we're not on good terms. Yeah. Politically. Mm-hmm. So, like, why would we agree about anything? Right. But we seem to be agreeing that there's an alien signal coming by. That's basically confirmation that we're not alone in the universe. Mm-hmm. Or at least we weren't 425 light years ago. So what makes it an Earth-like signal? It's a radio signal that is clearly not natural in some scientific way. Mm. They give the caveat that it could be some random human device somehow coming mm. from this exact location. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. Exact location? You know how big space is? Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is to get an exact location in space? Yeah. It's harder than, than, uh, it's harder than balancing 5,000 versions of Ricky Gervais on a pinhead. <laughs> I don't know too much about space. What it sounds to me like is in space there are aliens and they are doing exactly what Skycast is doing. Mm-hmm. We're transmitting ourselves into the ether for hope that some intelligent life picks us up. Knowing this, would you subscribe to this channel? To the alien radio channel? Yeah. Listen to some alien radio. I mean... Because I imagine you can listen to it, right? It's a radio signal. That's all it is. It's just sound waves. I'd probably check it out, I guess, just to see what's up. But, uh... They don't release the radio. Yeah. I think it's gonna... I think it's like chatter. Mm -hmm. I think it's like... 
I think it's like that. Mm-hmm. Just in my mind's eye. Here. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I don't know. There's like things that emit radio waves in a natural way. And that, like it's part of the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Perhaps. So I know like uh, binary stars will emit like radio waves but it's like pretty rhythmic because they're binary stars. They're yeah. Kinda just kind of, you know, rotating around each other. And it's like, I mean, I don't know what it fucking sounds like, but uh, yeah. But I mean, I could see like things emit those sorts of waves all the time and it wouldn't be unheard of for like, maybe there's just one that we don't really, we haven't heard before. Right. It's a new thing. Yeah. There's the but thing. It doesn't like- necessarily make it like, uh, synthetic they're saying that it's it's like it's defying any of the things that make would make it natural mm-hmm. and it's coming from a very earth-like planet so like those two thoughts combined make this group of chinese and united states scientists both confirm shaking hands ending wars okay changing trade packs so how far away is this planet 425 light years. I actually knew that fact. Okay. I barely do any research for this. <laughs> so that's not super far in terms of like the universe, but it's further than like, will we won't have an answer in our lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Like, what are we going to do? Call back? <laughs> so uh, we can speculate all we want about what the fuck that is. You're correct. Um, I bet it's... Uh, some alien life form kind of waxing poetic about the hand job he got <laughs> <laughs> from his future wife on the first date. You know, I mean, I, we could only hope so, right? <laughs> like, uh, as you know, humans, what kind of text would we choose to send? Why not Ulysses? Why not, why not the conception of Ulysses or the yeah. hand job of Ulysses? You know, especially the hand job. Yeah. <laughs> That's, my, that's one of the, my favorite subtexts of Ulysses. It's like it's this entire beautiful, complicated novel, you know, and it's vulgar in places, so it's mm-hmm. not too out of place. But like uh, the day that it takes place on historically, and if you're to believe that he's rendering it as realistically as possible, mm-hmm. um, there is James Joyce somewhere getting a handjob. <laughs> <laughs> handjob specifically, and he was sure to note it. He's mm-hmm. a good author. He's not going to leave you wondering what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're gonna come away with that story just like he did yeah that is a great james joyce joke and pun <laughs> i should i should get another award i'm gonna i'm gonna play this next bloomsday at the, <laughs> at the at the reading they're gonna be like scott's gonna do another reading no he's gonna play his podcast what he's really taking advantage of this very brief fame <laughs> that's been space news guys yeah yeah don't be afraid of aliens There is something you should be afraid of, though. Mm. What's that? Elephants. And I mean not elephants like as a species, yeah, but being mean or rude or any way discouraging to an elephant. Mm. I don't know. I hear like 5% of Americans can beat up an elephant. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, are we in that 5%? (laughs) (laughs) Here's the situation. Uh, Somewhere in India, where there's naturally elephants kind of roaming around, uh, there was a woman out there, a 70-year-old woman, and she insulted an elephant. She yelled at it. And that elephant trampled her, killed her. Yeah. She has a funeral four days later. Sounds like karma. They believe in that shit, right? I mean, there's karma, and then there's this. (laughs) (laughs) So it it gets worse from the trampling? (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So she gets trampled to death by this elephant. They're like, what the fuck? And they're burying this lady. It's at her funeral. Her Mm -hmm. casket's out. And out from the woods comes the same elephant. (laughs) And he beats the shit out of her corpse. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think they do say that they they never forget. (laughs) They definitely don't. (laughs) That is the best that is the best uh, anecdote available to prove that point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. It makes me wonder though, like what she said to this elephant. Like seriously, and how she she must have really fucked up. Like she must have slapped its trunk too, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Or because like this this elephant was watching her at least from a distance enough to know that this was her and the casket. Like it's not like in this town. Oh, sometimes elephants destroy a casket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this elephant knew what corpse was in that casket and if you know how anything about mortuary services which we cover in extensive detail during the first few episodes we chronicled necrophilia mm-hmm. um i like how you just go mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes that's right as yes, we did that <laughs> uh they prepare a body uh Almost to the point where you're not even seeing a body anymore. You're basically seeing this weird chemically taxidermied, made-up uh, bag of flesh. Yeah. little meat puppet. little meat puppet. But this elephant was like, I know that meat puppet. I can read <laughs> gravestones. <laughs> Destroyed the shit out of that lady. Way more dangerous than aliens sitting 425 light years away. I mm-hmm. guarantee we here at Scottcast wouldn't dream of being mean to a majestic creature like an elephant. But at the same time, I can't guarantee that I don't know what it's like to insult an elephant. Because they really don't have any details on what this lady did to insult this elephant. Mm-hmm. Like, what if she just crossed it in some weird manner? Like, you know how in some cultures, if you bow, that's rude. Mm-hmm. Or if you extend your right hand, that's rude. Mm-hmm. Little rules like that that you just wouldn't fathom. So it could have just been a, a, a cultural misunderstanding. Uh, yeah, an elephant cultural misunderstanding. Yeah. She called the elephant a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Implied it was it was sexually libidinous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow with a raised hand or the way she like presented her purse or mm-hmm. or or she looked at it in the eye. Yeah, and then she, and then. This elephant was like, I don't believe it. <laughs> Killed her. I don't think I've ever drawn the ire of an animal. Have you? 
Uh, not to my recollection. Mm-hmm. Certainly not to that extent. Not to that extent. I mean, obviously, you're still here. <laughs> if you do, if you ever draw the ire of an animal, call ScottCast. Mm-hmm. We'll get you both on the pod, and we'll we'll like hash this out publicly for entertainment. Yeah. Um, everyone loves entertainment, including animals. Although I'm beginning to think animals view everything incredibly differently than us. Mm-hmm. Like we are this weird monkey creature, right? right? We come from this the jungle or something, the mm-hmm. plains maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. But you know, we're we're born with a certain set of senses. Like our eyes can can see only so many colors. Our voices and our ears can only hear so much range of that thought. And then like you got whales. And I was reading about this earlier. Like they make a little sound, mm-hmm. and they send it through the ocean. But the whales they're communicating to are upwards of like a hundred miles away. Yeah, and uh, it takes twenty minutes for the sound to get there. Mm-hmm. But it's really low frequency, so it could do it. Mm-hmm. And when that whale hears it, they form a response. And they send it back. But that takes another 20 minutes. So one exchange of information takes 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And you might think that this entire whale impression is also doing that. But it's only been like a minute. <laughs> you know, imagine forty times that, and that's that's how whales communicate. So there's that time difference, and what does that mean for how they perceive the world? Right. If it takes them eighty minutes to exchange a couple thoughts, you know, they're whales. They're just floating around mm-hmm. in pods and stuff. I guess sometimes they meet up with other whales, and that's got to be exciting. Yeah. If you were a whale, would you be excited to meet another whale? Probably, yeah. Me too. I feel like that in life sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm a whale floating through the ocean, calling out a signal. And I'm just waiting for that right whale to come across to see me. See me as a beautiful being. Mm -hmm. See me as a gorgeous spectacle of humanity. Something... You could both hang your life on and and launch your life from. Mm. A beautiful creature, an equine whale, 90 feet long, making a moan so loud you can hear it from space. Yes, I am that virile male whale. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, we got more news. <laughs> Let's get to it. Uh, Hamtramck somehow mm-hmm. always has trash in the streets. Yeah. That's where we live. We live in, we broadcast from sunny Hamtramck. Somehow there's always trash in the streets, and I don't even know where it comes from. You know, it's like things that aren't even sold here, and uh, you never see anyone dropping trash. Right. But Just kind of blows in it blows in somehow i'll i'll lose standing trash but there's a city 
that had the kind of same problem in Canada. And they came up with a solution. Mm. I think the solution is genius. So they put trash cans all around the city. And to encourage people to use them, every time you throw something away, it talks dirty to you. <laughs> nice. And it like says, I'm going to suck your cock. <laughs> Thank you for throwing things away. <laughs> I, I just want to know, like, let's, let's role play this out. Mm. So, so I can get your honest reaction. Yeah. Imagine you're carrying a candy wrapper. Okay. Like, where do I put this? Right. Uh, you find a trash can. I'm the trash can. Okay. okay. Go ahead. All right. I'm just going to throw this in the trash can. Boom. Oh, you sexy bitch. Bend over and take it for me. Take it from a trash can? That seems highly unsanitary. And <laughs> oh, it's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a guy get tackled against this trash can a couple minutes ago, and he left his blood all over it <laughs> that's not blood sweetie <laughs> that's love i don't want any of those fluids on me just stick it in here <laughs> fuck <Like>. me hard <laughs> <laughs> do you think if we had those installed all around the city with respects to language differences and stuff yeah do you think uh the place would be clean in a week no. I mean... I mean, wouldn't you want to throw some stuff away just for intention? I guess if, if that was, like, what I craved, I don't I don't think that meets everyone's needs. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if they were shaped the right way, you know what I'm saying? Oh? Oh? Okay. I'm just trying to think of how this would appeal to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like it's a giant ass of indeterminate yeah. gender. Yeah. <laughs> and you put it things in the ass. <laughs> you know, everyone everyone likes ass, I think. No matter mm. what your sexual preference is. Right. If you got a nice ass, you got a nice ass. Yeah. Cuz that's the thing. Who throws away trash on the street by sexual preference? Everyone. Mhm. You know? Right. You you can't you can't narrow down this population yeah. with with, sex, with with like catering to a crowd. You have to cater right. to the most universal crowd. So these things would have to be talking dirty, but also from their ass, like Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and that's I don't I don't know if I'm on board still. Like, like I love the ingenuity this city is, yeah. is displaying, and I think. You know, that's better than Hamtramck. Hamtramck is like thinking about banning people feeding cats in the alley mm-hmm. because somehow that's the problem. Somehow there's, we're generating trash from that. When meanwhile, it's like like you can, you can form like a history of any fast food restaurant just by going up and down the street <laughs> and uh, collecting uh, debris every, every few weeks. You'll, right. you'll, find a, you'll be able to plot it on a map eventually. Yeah. You know, it's so regular and so dense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sexy uh, trash cans. I'm just can't see how how the trash can could uh, inspire, you know, that sort of emotion from people. I mean, they have real dolls and stuff. You know those, right? 
like it's it's basically it's also something you're putting trash into so it's like somebody's <laughs> got to come by and clean this every day or something and like why don't they just pick up the fucking trash instead of bothering with all that <laughs> <laughs> it apparently works it, it gets people to throw things away yeah um but I think it could get more people to throw it away if it was just a normal trash can mm-hmm. and it was like an Android real doll, right? Right. So it's just like a protean being that like morphs into whatever sexual preference you have. Yeah. Like the perfect one. And like you go to throw some trash away and then like all of a sudden, like if you're really into Oprah Winfrey or something or you're into whoever, you're, in, you're into guys, girls, uh cartoon characters mm-hmm. it turns into that does a sex act of varying satisfaction because mm-hmm. that's a key to addiction is it's a varying satisfaction i think the world would be clean i think we'd get rid of carbon in the air i think uh global warming would be essentially halted so fast it causes other unforeseeable problems <laughs> <laughs> and it's worth a shot guys because in this country, we don't just make sexy trash cans and leave them on the street. We improve sexy trash cans and we multiply them through the street so that one day we will have a society that is completely clean and full of people having sex with trash cans. That's, that's the American way. That's American ingenuity. That's apple.com, folks. That's the Steve Jobs iPod, except this is a job for everybody. A hand job, just like James Joyce got. <laughs> the greatest American. That reminded me, uh, I read an article recently, and I'm trying to find it right now, and I can't. But uh, I believe some Chinese scientists uh, developed, I mean, they've been working on like artificial intelligence and like robot sort of stuff for a long time right yeah um apparently they have uh developed some technology where they can actually have like living tissue over it like in fucking terminator oh living skin Mm -hmm. oh my god why that's what i said (laughs) (laughs) it's like you saw terminator right (laughs) yeah i mean this is great news for sexy trash can incorporated that's what yeah I don't know why you would do that. I mean, I understand, like, all right, you want. Can we can we talk ethics for like a minute? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So this is the first step, but I always love a slippery slope argument, and I'm going to take it there. Mm-hmm. We're slipping down this slope because at the end is a fully fleshed out being for people to have sex with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by fully fleshed out, I mean it's a robot, right? But every single organ of it is flesh right it's a flesh robot yes Mm. okay isn't that just a person (laughs) not every organ though like just a flesh outside and like robot insides Mm. okay so it's mostly robot aside from like that cavity you know what i'm saying Mm, yeah the brain right (laughs) no This shows our priorities. <laughs> <laughs> Look, brain is complex. You can you can approximate everything else. <laughs> We've done it. We've got top minds on this. 
so how much does a human have to be and what part of a human has to be in the robot to make it a synthetic human with rights and stuff versus that's a good question a flesh pot yeah again like all the fiction we have around this concept is like very dystopian mm-hmm. <laughs> got your terminator you got your detroit become human right that's all about robot rights right it is it is it's all about like that 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 line yeah it's a difficult question because people gonna be shitty well yeah i mean let's be honest if 90 percent of the flesh is concentrated in the vagina <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna classify that as human mm-hmm. for a long while <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, just look at women. We're having problems with that already, huh? Just slide women's suffrage up by a thousand years. (laughs) And you'll you'll get the timeline that the vagina robot gets a vote. (laughs) I shut you down, John. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Gennaro is really good for quotes, and nobody ever does Gennaro quotes. And that's what I'm proud of about Scott Cast. Yeah. um, in, In a world where. Jurassic Park is again at a resurgence, dominating the box office, possibly mm-hmm. overtaking Top Gun. Gennaro, the the uns, unsung hero who was eaten off a toilet mm-hmm. by a T-Rex. We're going to make a fortune with this place. <laughs> <laughs> An excellent quotation. So do we have more stuff to talk about? We could talk either about bugs or celebrities. Okay. Pick one. Um, celebrities. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I didn't expect that. I wanted to go against the grain. I knew you were expecting bugs. I was expecting bugs. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so, did you see the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. How'd you like it? I liked it all right. It was a good movie. Yeah. An interesting take on the Batman mythos, focusing on the Joker and his mm-hmm. mental illness and uh like how how might a person really crack to become as evil as the comic book joker right who who basically is just this crazy madman who you know you can't predict they're making a second one mm-hmm. have you heard about this um i think i caught a headline but i didn't really look into it well let me tell you two things that make me excited yeah that are not going to make you excited <laughs> okay <laughs> uh joker 2 is slated to be a musical mm-hmm. with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ticket sold. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, musical is a rough sell for me. I mean, but it's Lady Gaga. Uh, I mean, Lady, she's, she's, she can craft the tune, right? And it's if, a Joker. If Batman. they're selling it as a direct sequel to The Joker. Yes. Yeah, so it's gonna still be like dark musical. Then me, I could get on board with that. I could see it. Like it's <clears throat> going, to, it's going to be a musical about domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, written by Lady Gaga with Joaquin Phoenix trying to sing "Walk the Line" style as a Joker. Yeah, this is actually sounding even better the more I talk about it. <laughs> Which normally my excitement really douses things, but mm-hmm. no, no, this one is just getting more and more interesting. As as we go, you know uh, the, the the director who does these this movie. He was the Hangover director. Oh, okay, right. Uh, he came from the world of comedy, yeah. and like he did the Joker, and 
I don't know. I didn't like any of his interviews or mm-hmm. his artistic process thoughts, mm-hmm. but I can't argue that it somehow generated results because mm-hmm. uh, it did. It was a good movie. But uh, and now we got Lady Gaga involved, and I feel like when she's involved in a project, you know, it's it's top notch. She doesn't she doesn't slouch. When's the last time you saw her slouch? You know that little that round of the back behind the shoulder blades. When have you ever seen that look like a little C? Mm-hmm. Never, never. She's standing up straight. <laughs> you know why? Because she's a goddamn American, and you know. In 2008, she put on some titty blasters and she defended gay rights in the face of increasing, uh, you know, persecution. Mm -hmm. And she won that battle with her titty blasters. And she went on to say, I'm going to become an actress. I'm going to get an Academy Award. And she almost did that, too. Yeah. You know, all after titty blasters. (laughs) Lady Gaga, you are a true American. You and your titty blasters. <laughs> I don't know if I have much to say about that. Really? You have no, uh, no, like you know, choppy little uh, hooks you might think is gonna happen. Like, oh, Joker, stop beating me up. I don't know. No. Oh, Joker, stop hitting me with that crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. Okay. Well, sorry. What, I, sh- I should have picked bugs. You should have picked bugs. We can still go for it if you if you if you want to go. We're towards the end of the podcast. Yeah. So it's either that or what did we learn today? Let's throw bugs in there. Okay. See what we got. So you're a new homeowner. Yes. Um, expenses pile up. Yeah. You know you got to take care of your place. You got to make mm-hmm. your lawn nice. You got to remodel. What if I told you there was an easy way to get two grand? I'm listening. All right, all you need to do is let this pest extermination company release a thousand cockroaches in your home. Mm. Two thousand dollars. It's fifty cents a cockroach. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is they're experimenting with pest removal right. things. So they're going to release these cockroaches, but then they're also going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So could you deal with a massive cockroach infestation? That seems like a huge hassle. I mean, what you go to go go to the Holiday Inn for three days? That's that's four hundred dollars of your two thousand. You come out with sixteen hundred and uh, a fresh kitchen and this pleasant smell of monoxide just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Man, you're not you're not digging Lady Gaga and the Joker too, and and you're not gonna. You're not going to allow 2,000 cockroaches into your home? I mean, I'd rather make a couple cents with uh, some Scott Castigators buying some shit on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and uh, we do have that funding, by the mm-hmm. way, secured. Here's a little B news, just real quick. B news. News. We've officially uh, received the first check from Jeff Bezos, allowing us to fund zombies. Nice. So we are no longer a no-budget movie. <laughs> we are a low-budget movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right? A little a little success for the Scott Castigators. Mm-hmm. 
we've got plenty of cash to to create a couple effects, create a couple of things, create a short for you guys that we're going to try to release, you know, before I leave our leave to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the date being pushed back. <laughs> but uh, you know, we got funding, and uh, today I'm going to be sending Ian over the funding, and he's going to be in charge of prop acquisition, of prop, prop creation, because mm. he's the crafty one of us. And uh, I could Google some shit and all that. And we, we got some recommendations from Julia herself mm-hmm. on ways to create some stuff. So I think we're set. I think we got this. Yeah. We got a little bit of funding. And it's all up to us to just execute. And what what is this podcast but a, a couple of executioners? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> All right, so here we are at the end of the podcast, and I've got to ask, Ian, what did we learn today? <clears throat> well, uh, damn, what did we learn? Uh, I think we learned a lot about America. Mm-hmm. Learned that. You can do anything uh, if you just put your mind to a goal, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. get a good hand job, and, yeah. uh, and then the world's your oyster. Yeah. But don't fuck with animals, probably. Um, right, they're bigger. They're bigger, they'll crush you, they'll crush your corpse after they crush you. <laughs> Don't fuck with them. Um, but also, there's like a, I don't know, there was like a theme of uh, timelessness, I think. You know? It's true. And that we've got still today in our souls, we're, you know, uh, our emotions are stirred by this hand job. <laughs> 100 years on, we you know? We are making we're we're crying over this hand job. And uh over minutes and hours whales can communicate about their hand jobs or fin jobs or whatever they call it. Right. And uh you know, I think that gives me hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In four hundred and how many light years? Twenty five. Four hundred and twenty five light years. Uh which is like Several hundred thousand years. This uh, is for well, wait with sound, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, you know, some creature far away in another galaxy mm. will be inspired by our hand jobs. That is the most beautiful thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lead us out after that. That was I, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you here from us at the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. We bid thee adieu. And I'll see you later, Scottcastigators. All hail Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Yes. That's right, Kyle. Wanna go fuck some trash cans? <laughs> I mean, did they install them yet? I've I've already paid for them. <laughs>